going to be reading just the first several verses of 1 Thessalonians 1, and we just happen to be starting on uh, a little series in Thessalonians uh, for some evenings going forward tonight. This is God's holy and infallible word, 1 Thessalonians 1.1, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we start out this series tonight, we're just going to like dip our toes in the water of this book. Most of this letter written by Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit shows us how the second coming of Jesus impacts our day-to-day life, how it impacts the day-to-day life of the Thessalonian people. But first, we see how Christ's first coming impacted them. Jesus first came to these early Christians through the preaching of the great missionary theologian, the Apostle Paul. The city of Thessalonica, where these early church Christians lived in, was a prominent city in the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was quite expansive, as you can see here, um, going from Spain and actually way up here, Great Britain, northern Africa, and then even after that line is where it was in Jesus' day, even after Jesus, it expanded farther east. And the major cities of which this was one were like Rome, Carthage was here, Alexandria, Jerusalem, Antioch, Ephesus was here, Smyrna, and in modern-day Greece, Athens is about here, and Thessalonica was also in modern-day Greece, but called the region of Macedonia in that time. And it was truly a metropolis of the day. And as the series goes on, we'll get into that more. Not tonight, but it was a metropolis in 50 AD when Paul wrote this letter. And this is the very first of the many letters he wrote in the New Testament. Acts 17 tells us about the founding of the church there. Paul and his missionary partner Silas arrived, and Paul preached in the local synagogue as was his practice when he first went into a city. He did that for about a month, and he explained, we read in Acts 17, and showed from the Scriptures how Jesus Christ came and had to suffer and then rise from the dead. And we read there that a number of people became followers of Christ. Uh, Some of the Jews, we read, a number of Gentile converts to Judaism went from converted to Judaism and then were convinced to become Christians from Paul's message. And then the Bible also says 
also not a few prominent women became Christians. Persecution followed almost immediately, and the believers helped Paul and Silas get out of town at night, and and they went right on to another city uh, to keep preaching the good news. They went to Berea after that. Concerned about the effects of that initial persecution, what Paul did was he sent Timothy to check in on the church. And Timothy reported back that they were doing really well, even in continuing persecution. And that, that reminds me of, of what I heard this past week. Maybe you've heard this too, that the church in Iran, Iran's obviously been in the news, the church in Iran currently is growing faster than in any other place on earth. And that reminds us of that. There's this famous... Uh, early church father saying, it was Tertullian, and he said, uh, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, which of course really points to and describes how the church often, and we've seen it a lot in history, um, thrives even under persecution. So it is here too. Paul's writing this letter, thankful for what God has done there, and for how that initial coming of Jesus to them through the preached word had an impact. It had a strong effect. And specifically, it produced in these new believers work produced by faith. This is in verse 3. Labor prompted by love and endurance inspired by hope. So Paul is praying to God, thankful for their work of faith, their labor of love, and steadfastness of hope. So that faith, love, hope thing should ring a bell to us who know the Bible a little bit, right? Um, The order in 1 Corinthians 13, that great chapter on love, is faith, hope, and love. And those are, are three qualities that make for a very good summary of Christianity. In other words, these three sort of core virtues are essential to what we believe, and they're essential to the type of life that we're called to live. Faith, love, and hope. This is what we're about as believers. That foundation of faith, love, and hope resulted in the Thessalonians in work, labor, and endurance. For them, for us, our work is the result of God's prior work, right? Works don't save us, only God's grace does through faith. And Paul, in many places, had to really hammer this home to the early Christians because back then and now, too, there's there's a tendency to think that It's stuff we do, actions we need to take in order to be saved. But once it's straight that it's God's work in Jesus that saves, not human works, after all, it's nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling, right? Once that's straight, then Paul shares often how important it is that true faith does work itself out in our lives. Faith is to bear fruit, is another way to put it. 
And it certainly is in these new Christians in the city of Thessalonica. Paul also talks about their labor of love. Labor is like work, but it's a stronger word, and it includes the sense that there's hardship in the work. And the Thessalonians certainly experienced hardship as they sought to bear fruit for Jesus. Uh, They were suffering, they were being persecuted, but they still kept on living out their faith in Jesus. Uh, They labored on. And then Paul also praises God for their endurance, their steadfastness. The hope of God encourages God's people. It prompts us to keep at it, even through persecution, even through suffering in our lives, even through challenges that as believers we experience within, without, we keep on keeping on. We endure, we persevere, but more than that, God preserves and keeps us. We didn't read it, but verse 4, just after our verses, brings us there. In the end, even more than those Christians' activity and work, it's God's prior work that Paul gives thanks for. Again, verse 4. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. It's all founded in God's eternal counsel and plan of grace for his people. Going forward in the book, Paul's, I told you, we're just going to, we're just dipping our toes in this evening. Going forward in the book, Paul's going to continue to inspire them and inspire us with Christ's second coming and how that impacts our work-a-day life. In fact, famously, 1 Thessalonians has a reference to the second coming of Jesus at the end of every chapter, 1 verse 10, 2 verses 18 and 19, 3 verse 13, 4 verse 17, 5 verse 23. End of every chapter, reference to the future coming of Jesus. And there's a whole famous section on Jesus' return at the end of chapter 4. As we think about these first few verses and Jesus coming through Paul's preaching to the early church. Can you remember when Christ first came to you? Maybe you were very young, maybe even three or or four or five. Maybe it was at a youth convention Maybe it was on a service project. Maybe it was in youth group. Maybe it was during a sermon in the church. Maybe it was in the midst of a really, really difficult time in in your life. Can you think of the first time you sensed him and it, it sunk in? I belong to Jesus. I'm a child of God. And and maybe you can think of times since then when it came to you in a fresh way. Jesus loves me, even me. 
didn't that and doesn't that make you want to live for Jesus? Give him your everything and let others know? That's exactly what was happening with the Thessalonians. And that what is exactly what Paul is giving thanks for in our verses. It showed up in their work, their labor, and their endurance. And it does in us, too, as we remain rooted in the Father's work, as the Spirit gives us His faith, love, and hope. And so as you give praise for Christ's coming in your heart and life, may your work, labor, and endurance move forward. May, may you work, labor, and endure even in this week to come, just like the Thessalonians. And, and may God receive all the glory. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this book that so much highlights your second coming, and, and we learn more about that, thank you that we could uh, take a little time here at the beginning of the book, and that your word does too, to talk about and uh, remind us of your first coming in our lives. Certainly, we think of your coming as a child at Bethlehem, but then also your first coming into our hearts and lives through your Holy Spirit, through people, through your word, and we're so thankful for that. Oh God, that you have worked faith, hope, and love in our hearts. Keep, keep working them in our hearts, oh God, and in our congregations. And oh God, on that foundation of, of your work, of, of faith, love, and hope that you give us, may we work May we labor, may we endure as individuals, as homes, as churches. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.